Am I ready? Am I ready? I was born ready. Well, we're recording. Uh, it's about freaking time. The magic box is playing. Playing. Yeah. I don't know what that means. As long as it's a black box, a little black good. box. Uh, I agree with that. So I will say, this is number ten. Say it. This is number ten. Diez. 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 Number ten. We've made. 10 podcast episodes, including the one you are now listening to with your hairs. Your ear hairs. Yeah. Your ears. Yeah, here we are. We're back after... Um, a little hiatus. An absence, you know? Yeah. That's happened twice in this podcast history. You know, but I think it gets better and better each time. <laughs> well, I certainly <laughs> hope so. The first, the first hiatus between like episode, what was it, two and three something like that yeah it was early on in the beginning that one was that one was definitely just us kind of losing steam yeah um life life got in the way and then the holidays sort of were there but now here we are and um you know when we all went into quarantine quarantine we uh you know we well sorry i'm I'm playing stuff on my phone darren's uh what am i doing we've been recording for 15 seconds and darren was (laughs) And I can't so even... So bored he had to put on a YouTube <laughs> yeah, video. Yeah, I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to pull up Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Um, I Just my attention span is is not there yet. Yeah, uh, I so did take my Ritalin today. He did. So we go into quarantine, and I think we just thought it best to keep our distance from each other. I don't know. Is that still playing? <laughs> it's still playing, and I'm on a different web page. Okay. That's weird. It's pretty weird. Just for that. But we do want everybody to know out there we are following social distancing. Darren and I are sitting a full six inches apart. <laughs> full six inches, as recommended. <laughs> um, we're yeah, a full I mean, six inches. It's, uh, six feet—that's a little excessive, you know. Has it been six feet this whole time? Yeah. Oh shoot! I, apparently, I've been standing six inches behind everyone at Costco because <laughs> I thought that's what they said. <laughs> and I love the fact it's that you're not taller. Six... <laughs> Then every single plastic it's barrier. Not, it's not you, six inches. Dang you it. look over the top of it and say, hi. I know. Yeah, that that has been the funny thing. You know, going to the grocery store, um, uh, you know, and the I'm seven foot one. And so they made the plexiglass. And, you know, they looked at each other and they were like, well, nobody's taller than this. Right. Yeah. And they put the plexiglass. And up, there you are. And here I come and I'm like a full head over yeah. the the plexiglass <laughs> so i just sneeze on them just as a you know just to kind of you, you pull a rudy gobert yeah yeah i just sneeze up right Start over touching it. the mics all that stuff yeah. well what i was doing on my phone was i was pulling it up and i just wanted to give a shout out to germany has checked in canada has checked in these ireland are, these has are checked listeners in. to our podcast huh yeah. all over the globe and then united states of course <coughs> that's that's where we Excuse currently me. reside yeah we're in the united states are we still call, do they still call it the United States? Is that what so. we're, is that what they still call it? I, just, I would say yes. I'm just wondering if after um, who's they? Oh, after this current situation, just after the whole situation, if they've just decided to change everything. You know, um, I will always refer to it as the United States. The United States of Costa. America. Um, Republic for which you I know stand. we don't we don't want to make light of the whole situation, but mm. Darren and I use humor, I think, to cope with anything. So here we are, coping. You know that. You know that's <laughs> how we roll. We just we goof and we we kid. So hopefully everybody's doing okay out there. 
Yeah. Everybody's hanging. Hopefully you're uh, uh, enjoying your masks. Yeah, we're enjoying thinking. Enjoying your food delivery Thinking about everybody. Go. Yeah. Your Uber Eats and your door dashes. Door dashing. Um, have you used those services? No. Not at all? Mm-mm, I never have. Because there's several of them. There's like Postmates and yeah. Grubhub and... Yeah. I, I've never... I know people that have. Yeah. We've I done, just never have. We've done... Um, DoorDash a couple of times, mm. but only when there's been like promotions to where there wasn't a delivery fee. Yeah, that um, makes sense. I, you know, I'm a, I'm not a cheap person, but I, I also don't like just fees. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I don't like fees. it when I don't like it when something says it's four dollars, and by the time you go to check out, it's like twenty. <laughs> yeah, you're like, what's going on here? Um, twenty dollars, huh? So I've always kind of talk myself out of it i'll be like oh, i'll just go get in the car even well, if i didn't want to i mean at what level are you like okay i'm too lazy to get in my car yeah drive five minutes yeah and get something to eat today I, I i talk to a lot of people who use doordash and stuff a lot and i mean no judgment obviously but yeah it, it's a you know you could be paying 20 bucks for a couple of things from wendy's by the time you roll it all together and maybe that's worth it for some it's not worth it for me yeah I'll just jump in the car and roll to Arby's with my shirt off and just <laughs> the Arby's. Just do my thing. Go to the Rocky Mountain, the top of the Rocky Mountain. What the top what? of um, Smoke Mountain. Smoky Mountain. That's yeah. a Smoke Mountain. Do you like Arby's? We, um, you like Arby's, don't you? Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. I mean, I haven't. The last time I ate there was with you. No kidding. And that was a year ago, maybe longer. That was over a year ago. Yeah. We eat at Arby's maybe once every couple months. I dig it. Yeah. Get a nice uh, roast beef. Beef and cheddar. Beef and cheddar. Maybe a, a gyro. Are we hungry? We always turn to food. I don't know. And just maybe that's that's our other coping time mechanism. Is it? it is 9.30 p.m. Yeah, the ability to uh, we're gonna, eat we're gonna start and knocking make, on, make jokes. We're going to start knocking on second dinner here soon, so yeah. we better wrap this up. All yeah. right, folks. Well, um, that's the end of the podcast. We got to go get <laughs> <laughs> we gotta go get breakfast burritos. Big gulps, huh? All right. Well, see you later. Didn't you and I, we did record one episode one time. Yeah. Was the episode, was it the last one? It might have been the last one. Darren and I finished the episode and don't tell our wives who are listening that we went to Beto's at well after midnight. Yeah. A Mexican restaurant, got breakfast burritos. And straight pounded pounded (laughs) some burritos. Oh, it was so good. In the middle of the night and felt like dirty, dirty boys afterward. (laughs) (laughs) It was, it was... (laughs) Well, the the best part is like we've joked about it, what four or five times after you know we get done. Yeah. It's it's late, eleven o'clock. And you, you and know? I try to be disciplined, but I think when right. both of us are usually yeah. one of us, usually <laughs> one, or the one, other. one of us will talk the other one out of it. Yeah, but this when we're one, both on the same page, it's like all right, let's go. We were at a weak. We were both at a weak point. We said, you know what, <laughs> screw it, let's go. Yeah. I, I don't think that'll happen tonight because my guess is there's Beto. Actually, Beto's is probably open. Guaranteed it's open. I love Beto's. I don't think they ever close. Ever. No, I don't think they close. Well, I mean, let's talk about this. It's very you know topical, obviously. And I think, honestly, that listeners would like to hear kind of what has what is the whole quarantine kind of kind of been like for you? And then maybe in terms of just your your habits or your um just your mental mm. state throughout mm-hmm. the whole thing and kind of just how you made it through. I mean, what, yeah, what's, the, what's that been like for you? The ability to, I'm just surprised my wife hasn't killed me. Um, being, working from home, 
which I, for my, my job, I, I work remotely anyway. So that no, nothing really changed there. Instead of a four minute commute, I had a 40 second commute yeah. down to my couch. Um, but no, in the beginning, dude, it was, it was weird. Time slowed way down, mm-hmm. like almost to a crawl. And, um, and then as soon as I've started to establish some new routines and things like that, it has gotten crazy fast, like even mm-hmm. faster than before. Mm. Um, I found that in the early stage of it, I didn't f- keep myself busy. I didn't do anything like kind of moped around. Mm-hmm. You know, you had that sense of loss or the sense of like, what am I doing with yeah. my life? Um, yeah. But then as things started picking up, I started reading more. You and I were talking about the books. Um, well, I'm a people person and I don't like being withdrawn from people. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I started reaching out to you, try to do a, um, Marco chat every day just to, even though I didn't want to, and I didn't, I like, I just get in that stage. So anyway, you know, I found some new things, Yeah, read some books, listened to some books. I, I thought I would only listen to books, but I actually picked up some hard copies copies and started reading physical mm-hmm. books so that's mm-hmm. been great so yeah that's i mean change in in habits change in and routines is is yeah i changed a routine where i i would uh around 10 o'clock go for a run mm-hmm. haven't done that i actually pulled something in my leg but hopefully get back into that routine next week but we'd run a mile right my wife and i and our kids so trying to get a little physical activity and that's good. Yeah. How about you? I I would say I've experienced the full range of human emotion, to be honest yeah. with you. I mean, I, I've, I've felt intense grief. I've felt, um, sad. I yeah. felt scared. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I felt happy and I've experienced some, um, you know, embracing some new, simplicity yeah. in life and embracing some new habits just like you said embracing some uh sort of <laughs> coping with with uncertainty right like i think a big focus of it has been to control what i can control yeah i um, think you have to realize that you have to yeah. switch your brain from being i you know there's nothing i can control everything's yeah. out of you know everything's out of control well, just to focus on what can you control. You and I are pro- probably could both acknowledge in some way that a portion of our lives was kind of on autopilot. You know, it was kind oh, of yeah. like we know where we're going. Yeah, we go to the same jobs. We, yeah, we just do some side gigs. And stuff. it was like, I know in my own head, it was like I kind of felt like that would always be guaranteed. Yeah, like that was just promised to me somehow because I don't know something stupid like I had. I had earned it or I deserved it. You know, I certainly went through some weird feelings where I was, I went from grief to entitlement to, okay, like letting that go and just being like, okay, well, I can't get in that train of thought. And so I, I would say I'm really in a great place right now. Mm. Like, especially these last couple of days, very happy, very, very happy. Um, my brain's working. I've been taking a, uh, a one hour, four mile walk every single morning. In nice. fact, I haven't missed it in like, I think I'm over 20 something days that I've gone in a row. Yeah. Sweet. All of May. Yeah. All of May. Um, and it's been just incredible for my mood, mm. for my, just my body feels good. Um, 
In fact, I had no intention of, this is kind of a side note, but I had no intention of running. I was just walking. Mm -hmm. And then at a certain point, my body was just feeling so good that I just sort of like spontaneously broke into a run that I didn't even anticipate doing. Into a gallop. Yeah. And it was just sort of like my breathing was easy and it was just Mm -hmm. kind of working. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. You're like, all right. So like just letting my body kind of um, do its thing. Do its thing. Exactly. So I'm in a great place. You know, I honestly, I've learned I've learned some things. I've learned to cope with some things. I've let myself experience and feel the grief and sadness, which mm-hmm. rather than like letting, like holding that in, there were days where I just, you know, truth be told, maybe Ruthie doesn't even know this. I sat down here in my office and I just, you know, cried. Mm. It just felt like everything I was, was uh, that I had w- worked on was just falling apart. Mm. And I really had a hard time for a little while, but um, no, I'm I'm feeling good. That's awesome. And and just on a side note, um, where we live currently is experiencing higher than normal wind outside. So you'll you'll hear some yeah. knocking and some just noises, unusual noises. That that's what that is. Yeah. And and where we live is just common. You get used to it, you know. Yeah, we live over. we live at the top of Mount Kilimanjaro. Yeah. And so what will happen is from oh, time to time. Oh, I already. Sorry, I should have explained From time to time, bit. it'll get so windy that small asteroids will hit our our house. Yeah. It, the wind, it comes from space. Oh, okay. As, as we all know, as science has proven <laughs> time and time again, wind comes from space. Yeah. And it brings with it. <laughs> Many scientists have wrote papers about and, this. And it brings with it small to medium-sized asteroids. I like that, you know. I totally like that. Well, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I'm kind of ready to, and again, not to like downplay the whole thing because I really don't want to do that, but I'm really just ready to move on. I'm kind of ready to just like say the rest of life is the rest of life. And we it's learned, we learned what we needed to from that and we're on to the next thing. Yeah. I mean, I, that's definitely an important aspect. It, uh... <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's good stuff. Um, <laughs> where was I going? My mind just like I don't know. I mean, <laughs> yeah, full transparency. Uh, we're all locked in the house together, right? As we yeah. all have been, and my kids are losing their mind. It sounds yeah, like it sounds upstairs. Like World War Three going on up in your um, in your. And uh, I guess I could be embarrassed. I guess we could pause and start over, but no. you guys can just deal with it. Yeah, it just shows you we're human. Yeah, I actually heard, and it was interesting because, you know, people business thinkers and leaders they start releasing podcasts about um here's how you should behave during the covid quarantine oh, here's yeah. here's how to work from home yeah. and it was actually interesting because there must have been three or four dozen podcasts that i listened to yeah. that all spoke on the topic of vulnerability yeah and like showing your humanity like it's always been everybody's worst fear of being like on a zoom call and your kid walks in the room yeah but they were like let that happen because you showing that you're perfectly buttoned up actually isn't good. Oh, yeah. People don't want to see that you're mm-hmm. living your life perfectly right now. They want to see that you're as flawed as they are. Oh, yeah. That your situation is as imperfect as theirs. Right. So, like, let your kid walk in the room. Um, let them do their thing. <laughs> don't give them the dirty stink eye, yeah. the man stink eye. Yeah. I mean, how many people accidentally stood up on their Zoom call and we saw that they were, like, in their boxers or whatever? Yeah. I know that happened. I saw that one. I know that, that happened. Was circulating around. Yeah. I, I mean... <laughs> So you kind of got to embrace the imperfection. I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. 
I think that's that's the best part about it is I think when you can get to that point where you feel comfortable with that. I mean, there's, I don't know, may, and maybe with kids it's fine, but like, I I will say whenever I'm on a, a conference call and I hear a dog in the background and it's nonstop <laughs> and you're like I can't even hear what they're saying, yeah, because the dog's just drowning them out. Uh-huh. Like to that point, I'm like, okay, really get the dog, and- yeah, get that dog and shut it up, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, or like the, I mean, you got to have some common sense, right? Because there will be the person like eating a bag of chips and like rustling it around and like, my gosh. And like slurping obnoxiously on their soda or something. Like, (laughs) yeah. And you're like, come on, guys. Like, yeah. Like, really? You would never do this if we were sitting in a meeting at the office. Yeah. And this is not, I know some of my coworkers listen to this. That's not an indictment or a calling out anyone. Yeah. In fact, I've been just extremely impressed with the team I work with, like just the level of professionalism yeah. and the ability to just adapt immediately. Yeah. If any of you guys are listening to this, you're amazing. Yeah. That's what's, that's what it's all about is just adapting and just figuring it out. Cause like this whole life is just everybody figuring it out. And some people get it figured out sooner in some areas of their life. It's mm-hmm. not like they get their whole you know these people that you think that are perfect or in a and they think we think that they're in a perfect situation. Mm-hmm. There's some aspect of their life that isn't buttoned up. Nobody's has a perfectly buttoned up life. Oh yeah, and that's a huge mistake to go around thinking mm-hmm. that you have flaws and others don't. Right, that's just not true. It's totally not true. So yeah, it's been. I I love it. I love the the change that it creates. The opportunity to you know, kind of zero in on what's important to, that's what's been really nice is the, the, what's really important with family and, and being able to interact together and play games and, and do stuff like that. Um, I actually picked up and I play a little, uh, I have, I have a nephew that, uh, plays Fortnite. You've heard of that game, right? Yeah. 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 So we, uh, he was playing it and I love that first person shooter games. I always have, but I'm not much of a gamer. Uh, but we picked up the, um, we picked up, he had the Fortnite and we were over at their house and we were playing yeah. it. And I'm just like, and he's like, oh dude, you can get it on your Nintendo Switch for free. And I was like, really? So I downloaded it and I've been playing with my nine-year-old nephew, man. <laughs> really? Full on, yeah. We'll, so is we'll he owning you or are you Dude, he's bomb. No, he he's good. And his friend, and it's funny, he's like, hey guys, uh, we're going to play with my uncle. Because have, <laughs> we have microphones and headphones and all that stuff so we can here and then we you know we play on the same squad and yeah it dude it's fun yeah. i really enjoy that's it. that's awesome but um i love it yeah I, I get made fun of a little bit my my Why? my Who? sister-in-law she's like she's like i can't believe you play i'm like it's i i just hope that i'm seen as the fun uncle you know just yeah. that was willing to play with you and your friends your other nine-year-old friends and that they every single one of them is 10 times better than i am yeah but it's it's been fun it's been fun to play um, you know, it's funny. And, and this is not a, a singling out of like the person you just said was making fun of you, but this idea that, um, <clears throat> you know, they say that we tend to make fun of people for things that we actually wish we could do <laughs> or like if we yeah. weren't embarrassed to do them. Yeah. Right. Like, I think that if I was really buttoned up and trying to maintain some image of that, I only I only read books and power lift and only do things that are like very, uh, whatever. Yeah. 
that, but that of course I wouldn't be caught dead playing Fortnite. Like if I was trying to keep that image up and yeah. I would make fun of you, well, I'd say, well, dude, that's, that's lame. Right. Well, why, yeah. are you, why are you doing that? But like, I think I would want to do that yeah. where this character or this person is saying, well, actually I'd like to do that, but I've, I'm scared I might get made fun of or something. Yeah. Right. So we make fun of each other. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. For just doing your thing. And it's like, why does anybody make fun of anybody for like what they choose to spend their time on? Well, and the the other thing is, is when people joke around, I've always, and I I kind of, I really believe this to be true, that when somebody's jokes about something, they like say something like, I don't know, kind of like, uh, I don't know what an example is, but when somebody jokes, there's truth behind every joke. Mm Mm-hmm. And when they and I can't for some reason give an example right now, but every time someone says a joke, instantly in my mind, something triggers that says there's some aspect of that truth. And what do I need to do? Like right. how how is it, am I going to change something to help? You know, because I don't want people to feel bad or you know feel left out. Or are you know, saying when someone targets a joke, well, or just says something sarcastic? Like, oh, yeah, like, thanks for the invite. Man. Yeah, which they're like, oh, we're, I'm just kidding. But no, you're like, dude, you w- there's truth behind Yeah, you wouldn't joke. have said that if that was... Right. Well, I'm I'm actually listening to this audio book right now. Let me pull up the title because I don't want to butcher it. Like I always do. Um, it's a it's a book by a monk. Oh. Um, and it's called The Things You Can See When You Slow... The Things You Can See Only When You Slow Down. Nice. And it's been just, it's kind of one of those books that's just one positive line after the next. And it's yeah. just very much about mindfulness. And, you know, there's a section about forgiveness and gratitude and all these different things. So it's just a very uplifting, good thing to listen to. Yeah. One of the things that was during my walk this morning that I, that I heard was this idea that we see flaws in people, right? Mm-hmm. And the easier it is to see the flaw, the, the more likely you have the same flaw. Oh, so like if I say, ah, Darren, Darren never does, Darren never works out. What I'm really saying is like, I'm not happy with how much I work out. Yeah. And it's easier for me to say, to point the finger back at you than look at myself in the mirror and admit that I have something I'm not doing great at. Yeah, that's, that's, that's deep. And there's like, um, a flip side of that is, um, is something that I was thinking about, but now it's not in my head and <laughs> I, I can't articulate yeah. the thought that I had in my head, but yeah. it'll come to me. Just give it, give it time. Give it time. Give it time to me. Uh, I agree. I think, when, oh, that was, that was what I was going to say. If you listen mm-hmm. and, and pay attention, you will be, you will be able to pick up on what people, people will tell you what they're struggling with. Sure. And you won't even like, unless you're really paying attention, you won't pick up on it, but mm-hmm. they will tell you in whether the comments they make or how they interact with somebody or something. If you are listening, you will be able to, you'll be able to tell because they're trying to tell you. I completely agree. And it's also how, how much you're trying to be a conversationalist mm-hmm. and talk with a person. Mm-hmm. Cause eventually like you might be very surface level chit chat. How's your weekend? Blah, blah, right. blah. And then you might make a comment about like, um, oh, I like your, I like your shoes. Those, mm-hmm. those look like good running shoes. Are you a runner? Mm-hmm. And they might say something like, oh no, not me. I don't, you know, and then you, what you actually c- uncover is like, they'll make a comment in a way that you're like, this person's not happy with their, their current situation, their body or their, right. 
their routine or they can't motivate themselves or they don't right. or they're injured. There's or, something blocking them from being able to achieve what they yeah, want to be. And you'll discover that. Right. But you only discover it when you when you poke around a little. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta like make a conversation. And the more a person talks, the more likely a person is to expose something oh, always deep about themselves. Always. Right. But that that's the key, right? We as people will have to be willing to take the time and take and, and give put forth the effort to really find out about some. That's when what what uh, my wife and I really love about people is because we we love doing that. We love asking people questions. We we genuinely want to know, like, how was your day? Mm-hmm. And we'll, and those people that reciprocate it and actually tell us stories and ask us questions and ask about where we came from, where we grew up, what how our families were, any things that we're struggling with. Mm-hmm. I think that's huge. Because everybody, you know, goes back to Dale Carnegie's "How to Win Friends and Influence People." Mm-hmm. You have to, you have to show interest in other people. As soon as you do that and actually genuinely mean it, oh, yeah. it's it's transformative. Oh yeah, yeah. You can build relationships that will stand the test of time. Another interesting thought that was uh, I picked up from this book I'm reading hmm. is it says that the the longer you talk the more likely it is that you will say something you'll regret about another person. Mm. Like if you don't stop yourself, you know how when you get in that mode where maybe another person that you're hanging out with is not engaging as much in conversation as you'd like. Mm -hmm. So you just keep talking. Mm -hmm. Trying to get them to engage. Yeah. Or you're in one of those social moods where you're really trying to kind of like be a person that keeps telling good stories or something. The, The principle is just like, be careful because if you find that you're talking a lot, the longer you talk, the more likely it is that you'll slip something that shouldn't that slip. that maybe you'll regret saying. Hmm. Um, because I think the principle is kind of like you exhaust the other things you want to talk about, mm-hmm. and then your subconscious has things queued up that <laughs> that it's you like, that you think but maybe don't want to say out loud. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, or shouldn't uh, say out loud. Yeah, and <laughs> when you when you just get rambling. And you don't check yourself. You yeah. don't listen to the words that are coming out. You may just say something that you don't want to say. Yeah. So it's a good lesson. It's a good lesson for everybody to just remember. Totally. Um, I'm guilty. I'm guilty of talking a lot, you know, in a social situation. I, I'm a passionate person. I love exploring topics. I love mm-hmm. talking. I can talk for hours and hours. And, and I've been guilty of plenty of times of saying something I didn't want to say. Yeah. You know, where I, cause you, you, you kind of leave and you say, why did I say that? Oh man. That's she, my wife will, cause I, yeah, we're the same in that we, I, I love to talk, but at the same, I, I love asking people questions mm-hmm. and it, nothing gets me more excited or more, you know, just feel important is when somebody reciprocates and, and genuinely asks about me. Mm-hmm. And wants to know about me and what's going sure. on in my life, and yeah. I mean, I think we all do, right? And yeah. I think that's the quickest way to to find friends yep. and influence people is really genuinely care about what they have to say and ask questions. And yeah, yeah. Well, that's what they say, right? A person uh, loves people love talking about themselves. Mm-hmm. They know everything about themselves, mm-hmm. right? It's easy to talk about. They're the ones that they've spent the most time with, right? Exactly, and. And you can always ask, and there's always a, there's always an answer, mm-hmm. um, because you never say like I don't know something about myself, right? <laughs> so even if you're just stretching, reaching well, for but things, no. sometimes. Well, I, I guess if you ask like how a deep, deep, right? 
yeah, like yeah. how do you feel about th- this thing? Of course, someone could answer like, I've never really thought about it. Yeah. But like, there's always an answer for where did you grow up? Yeah. Or um, what, what, you know, what were your siblings like? Yeah. Or what did you do and what did you like about school? Or, I mean, everybody always has an answer about it for those totally. things. It's not like someone's never thought about like what subject they liked in school. Yeah, that's you know, a good point. You kind of know that stuff. Uh, there's a tip. I, what, what was it? Oh, it was um, that Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, that Jerry oh, Seinfeld yeah, Jerry show. Seinfeld. I haven't watched that yet. You've recommended it, but I haven't. He said to somebody, he said the trick to conversation is ask questions with numbers because there's always an answer. You can't, huh. like, what age? Did he give were, an example? Like, what age were you when this? How old were you when you got married? Um, when did you move to the city? Huh. You know what I mean? That's clever. There's always an answer. Yeah, and then and it's not an arbitrary answer. You know, how long have you been married? Yeah, and then you can kind of How old's your dog? Yeah. <laughs> and and that always branches off into some new conversation because you get huh. it, you get it going that how way. How many podcasts have you done? How many have I done? Yeah. I've done 3736. Uh 1077. 10 with you. Oh, okay. The other the other thousands have just been with you just the usual Rogan and all the guys. Yeah, you yourself and your mask. Yeah, You're... the three personas. Yeah, me, myself, and me in a mask. Mm. Yeah, that's uh... the version of me in a mask is just a real turd. I like that. I like. Well, obviously, we like conversation because we created a podcast around conversation about nothing. It's kind of like Jerry Seinfeld's Seinfeld. Right. It's a story about it's a show, show about, about nothing, nothing, but yet it's so interesting and intriguing. Yeah, Jerry Seinfeld said the same thing about our podcast. Yeah, when we were talking to him the other day, that's right. I Co- forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, coincidentally, yeah, we saw Jerry, and he said, "Look, your podcast is a complete waste of time, but I love it." Yes, I love it, and <laughs> it's tickling many people's ear hair. And so he we're did good. say ear hair. Yeah, and up until that point, I had thought you were the only person who would ever use the word yeah. ear hair. <laughs> it's great. Um. But here we are. Yeah, that's cool. Well, do we want to do we want to do uh, our random words? Is I that, think we have to. We got to keep of the, tradition alive. Oh, totally. All right. Well, let's pull I, it up. And you, I want you to do it, big boy. You want me to do it? Yeah. Push the button. Okay. Fire it up. I'm going to. Um, I'm going to put it. I'm going to put it right here, and then press the button, so that it it automatically loads one when you load the app. Mm-hmm. But I like to press it. Oh yeah, you have okay. to press it. Um, so I'm going to put it right here so you can see, okay. and I'm going to press it three, two, one bored. bored. Wow. Are we bored right now? <laughs> bored B O A R D like the <laughs> board. Yeah. Board shorts. Yeah. Boarding. <laughs> board shorts. Did you ever snowboard? No. Did you never, what Mm-mm. about skiing? I went cross country skiing. Okay. One time. How was that? Sucked. How old were you when you, when that happened? 15. Okay. 14, 15. It was a, we, it was tacked onto a Klondike. Oh uh, yeah. Camp for scouts. Out. For those of you who don't know, a Klondike is you go and you intentionally camp in the snow like stupid people. Yeah. Um, and it's just miserable. Yeah. And then we woke up and we came down the mountain and we went, um, it was up at like, uh, like the Olympic state park. Oh yeah. The, the Olympic park in uh, Heber soldier hollow. And we, the issue was, I'll tell you the issue. One, as tall as I was, I should have had longer skis. But How they tall gave, were you then at that age? 
I was probably six six maybe. Okay. And at fifteen. At fifteen. 14. And so I took the longest skis they had, mm-hmm. and I also took the largest boots they had, which were just a little too small for uh. me. And it and I just wanted to participate, so I didn't say no. Yeah. Um, and it was just miserable. I just yeah, hated. I, I just hated. I bet it. your feet hurt. My feet hurt. There was no point. You know, it was just. It took. It takes a while to get the hang of it. And by the time you finally get the hang of the motion, or at least for me, yeah, you're at the end, and I was tired, and yeah, I was and done, you're ready to go home, and I was like, screw this, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Um. So so no boarding for me. And really wakeboarding? No, no, I've never been wakeboarding. Hmm. Would you ever try wakeboarding? I don't know. I'm very um, tentative about activities that would thrash my rather large body. In yeah, any that's way. true. One of my father-in-law's favorite picture of all time when we were at Lake Powell, uh, probably 2009, 2010, we were, we were at Lake Powell and we had his boat and uh, we were wakeboarding. I was trying to learn to wakeboard. Mm-hmm. And, well, I'd done it in the past, but if you don't do it that often, you have to relearn and sure. try to figure it out. Yeah. So my f- father-in-law was like, okay, hold on to the rope and don't let go. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So as part of it, you, you, you scrunch under the waters, you put your knees up to your chest, and you put the rope in front of your shins. Mm-hmm. And then he'll just hammer down on the, the boat throttle and take off, and then you'll come right up out of the water. Well, because he, he told me to hold on to it and not let go because every time he'd hit it, I'd just let, I mean, it would pop out of my hands. It was hard to hold on to. Yeah, it was hard to hold on to because I'm a big guy, you know. Yeah. And and so um, at this time, he's like, don't let it go. And I was like, <laughs> I was determined that I was not going to let it go. Yeah. Well, he, he switched, and I think my sister-in-law was driving the boat, and he had his camera mm-hmm. out. And, she, and she's like, ready. I'm like, hit it. So she hits it drops the throttle and yeah and next thing i know my board lip goes down uh-huh. and so i'm starting to go under the water but i'm not letting go of the rope and so there's a big wall of water coming up over my head that that full on my face and i mean i'm not letting go and so i'm like pulled the being pulled through the water yeah and he takes his picture and it shows my face and a big wall of water going over the top of my head that's funny <laughs> yeah so that was my experience of of going wakeboarding, um, yeah, and I enjoy it, and I've, I've been able to wakeboard, but uh, that was one that's his favorite and most memorable time mm. at Lake Powell. Oh, that's cool. Well, he has lots of memories of Lake Powell. Yeah. That was one that he always laughs about. Board board games. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite board game? Uh, Monopoly, but it takes forever to yeah. play. I like Monopoly too. Yeah, that's one of my. You kind of got to get the right um, mood, the right mood, and the right people. Yeah. Sometimes you can just get this like like the stars of a line, like yeah. this perfect game of Monopoly. Yeah. And then every other time you try, it's just a train wreck. Yeah, and you're like, you know what? This is not worth my Are time. Are you a? Um, do you start with nothing, or do you distribute the the properties? We've done both. Both. Oh, the, the properties? No, we start. No properties, but you distribute the money and you start going. I've heard some people that will not distribute any money and you just start rolling and you go around and you collect the money as you go around to make it longer than it already is. I mean, that's just (laughs) insane. I've heard of Monopoly games taking days. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, and 
So there is a variation. I believe it's actually in the rule book that it details how to play this way to speed up the game. Yeah. Where you you take all the properties and you shuffle them like a deck and then you like randomly divvy them out. So everybody starts with a set of properties. Yeah. Interesting. I'm, that I, is interesting. I don't think I've ever actually played that way, but I, have not. I know it's an option. Hmm. Um, did you ever hear about rappers playing uh, Monopoly with real money? No. That, that I guess that cool. was like a like a thing. In fact, there's a... Oh, it's in a music video, which of course doesn't mean it's real, but there's been reference to it in, <laughs> in interviews and stuff that yeah. that rappers have done that they would play the game of Monopoly. With like how much would Boardwalk go for? Really? 750 or was it be... Well, I mean, who knows? I mean, theoretically, you could all of the all of the dollar values of Monopoly money match real money. That's, that's good for the point. most part. So yeah. you could just play with real money. Yeah. But anyway, that's what I've I've, huh. I've heard that before. That the, One day, I want to play that way with real money. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it, man. Ten years from no five years. <laughs> ten years. Five years. Ten from or now. five. Ten or five. Fifteen. Uh, sometime down the road. Fifteen years. And we'll do it live on the podcast. Live we'll do it live on, on stage when we're having a a, a talking event, and yeah. you are all there listening to us. We'll play Monopoly, yeah, with real money. I tend to like um, games. Um, my my dad is a board game collector. He's got a huge collection of well tabletop. I think you told me games. That. Um, board games of varying sizes and difficulties, and and uh, you know implication of how long and large they are but what is some of his favorites i I couldn't even tell you really i don't even they're very many are obscure at least if you're not in that world you know you would have never heard of these but uh, he's in it enough that like i think a person if they play like settlers of Catan, Uh they think they've like delved into this indie world of board games yeah but to my dad that's like so basic that it's It's like monopoly yeah but that might be a person's first entry into like a game that's not Monopoly, yeah. right? So that's kind of the the idea. But I I tend I tend to personally prefer games that are more sort of repeatable that don't have an instruction manual that you can sort of play. Like I like playing backgammon. Yeah. Um. I like playing cards. You know, I like playing card games. I like things that you can like learn and and repeat a little easier. There's not so much setup. Mm. There's not so much like set aside a couple of hours and put it all up and take it all down. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like those ones where you're like, like I, the last one we played it, you build the, bo- you build the board game as you're playing mm-hmm. and it has different storylines that can, and then you, you, you gang up on each other. It's yeah. It gets intense. Yeah, I, I tend to, for some reason I've always sort of veered toward just like a game you can just play and sort of be, <laughs> be done, done. <laughs> backgammon yeah my daughter likes to play poker my yeah i like to play poker my daughter likes to play chess mm. i like know. chess yeah I, I, mean, I think we've talked about that before i played chess on yeah on uh, at school yeah i play poker i learned how to play poker when i was really young yeah um you were a hustler yeah we just always played games yeah you know and my my it was always kind of um you know, my grandparents knew how to play. My dad knew how to play. My dad taught us how to play. Hmm. I got in trouble because I taught everybody how to play poker at scout camp. <laughs> we, <laughs> we st- what were you wagering? Uh, we weren't playing for any money no. or, or any treats or and nothing. We were just you playing for fun, right? But I had taken, we had some, you know, thin 
cheap plastic chips with us, you know, that I had taken oh, up there yeah, with yeah, us. Yeah. And so we kind of had our stacks of chips. We were you feeling, have to do it. We chips were feeling, uh, feeling big time. And do you make barkies? What is that? Where you smoking? You, you never heard of barkies? Uh-uh, what's smoking barkies? Bark you take bark and you roll it up and you smoke them. Uh, no. I never smoked. Maybe a, that's a country. I've never smoked a barky. <laughs> I would have assumed a barky was like a dog treat or something. <laughs> hey, barky. <laughs> Bark for a barky. Let's see. What else can you say about board? Build a house out of boards. Mm-hmm. You've got a board of directors. Board of directors. A I know board. I know that's something you're interested in. Yeah, totally. Some Sometime down the road. Yeah. Kind of a board I like, a board of directors position. I like being in situations where there's a group discussion mm-hmm. and then being able to go one by one and voice your opinion. Yeah. And then from that, then vote and then come to a consensus of some kind. Uh-huh. It's, there's just something about that that I really like. Sounds exciting. Yeah. Well, the thing that you get with boards that's attractive is you know, at maybe another company, you have like people who are good at their jobs and then maybe like one or two standout professionals, like mm. the people who founded the business or mm-hmm. something like that. Typically with a board, these are all like your powerhouse executives. Mm-hmm. Like every single individual on like a big board is capable of being the CEO of a company on their own. Oh, if, if they haven't already been. If they haven't already been. Right. And so it's like this conglomerate, this like... <laughs> super team the avengers of mm-hmm. business people well and they're so diverse too like right different backgrounds right. different understandings and and just to come together hear different problems or hear you know hear about the company and then ask questions mm-hmm. that's one thing that i'm i i always question and it gets me in trouble because my wife hates when i ask questions but i'm just asking to understand mm-hmm. like what you know what are you doing here why you know I don't care. You can do what you want. I'm just asking you a question so I know what's going on. Yeah. But the other thing is, as it comes to decisions and that, you know, I find myself being, you know, at work or, um, you know, recreational activities, things like that. I'll find myself being able to make decisions. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to being at home with my wife, I always am deferring to her. What do you want to do? Mm. Well, where do you, I, I don't care. Whatever you want to do, I don't. And I don't make decisions at home because hmm. I just choose for her to. And then I guess sometimes I do. I take the reins back, but I don't know. Just kind of interesting where I'm just yeah. like there to, well, what what do you want? Yeah. I'm okay with whatever. I'm easy going. Whatever. I, I've, I've talked to some people about um, how interesting I think a job would be of being a consultant sort of, but someone who literally just goes to like executive meetings Oh yeah. At other companies and just sits down and as an impartial observes just an impartial, but actually a person who helps make the decisions. Oh yeah. I love that. Either as a, as a non-committed tie break vote where it's like, you can hear my vote and then yeah. you can still do whatever you want. It's your company. Yeah. But someone who has just paid a consulting fee to come and sit in the meeting and be a voice and be, how a, do we do that? Cause that's what I want to do. It sounds fun, right? Oh dude. Well, I've told you the story about my great-great-grandfather, haven't I? Probably, but... That he full-on, that's like, he built so much trust in his community, and he was in different roles, you know, the mayor mm-hmm. of the city and and things like that, to where he, I think he was a mayor of city. Anyway, 
he was well respected and they would come to him with his problems. He'd hear mm-hmm. both sides of the story and then he would make a, he'd say, well, this is how I see it. And then and he would give his explanation or his reason. Sure. And they would say, okay, and be good with it and move forward. Yeah. And so I, and I've always kind of find myself to like, try to find a way in between like to explain or to, uh, you know, help bridge that gap between people that have conflicting, um, you know, ideas or, or they're you know having conflict just in general. So, sure. Yeah, I think that'd be great. Let's figure that out. Yeah, I know. I love being that. Uh, I, I've tried to be that. I'm not, you know, obviously not always perfect at it, but I that that I think is the most fun role that I get to take sometimes is just. Um, in an operations meeting or a, an executive meeting, I'll let this sort of banter, you know, go back mm-hmm. and forth. And well, what about this? Sitting about quietly. This? And That's I, what I love. Just observing. Yeah. Sitting quietly, not saying a word. Yeah. And have them go back and forth. And then when they're exhausted or, or wanted more opinion, <laughs> right. say, well, what do you think, Darren? You've been pr- kind of quiet. And then it's like, oh, you want, you want to know what I have to say? Well, here's what. And then mm-hmm. lay it all out there. And then, yeah. Yeah. No, I, but I, I also, um, I like, I like hearing all the information first. Yeah. You know, I don't like to come into a meeting sort of guns blazing. I I don't like where you take a stance and then you have to retreat several times in a meeting because then you actually hear everything and then you're like, oh, well, you're right. Yeah. I kind of like coming in being like, well, let's start and I'll just listen for a while and see if we can gather it up. Cause there's a pretty good chance that someone has thought of an angle that I haven't. Yeah. Um, and I don't really want to put my foot in my mouth and just take a hard stance when I haven't heard everything. Right. I'm not always perfect at that, but that's what I try to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. I think that's, uh, seek first. What's the coven? Seek yeah, first to understand. Seek. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. to be understood. I think mm-hmm. that there's some, there's some good principles to that where we can yeah hear what's going on and not just, well, and just force our opinion or force our our way of thinking, you know, whether in a work situation or, you know, volunteer situation, I mean, you're going to have the ability to lead. And as a leader, I don't think it's your job to force stuff down people's throat. No, I think that's more of a boss and bosses are, I mean, people don't want to follow bosses. They follow leaders. Well, well, yeah, they say there's a difference between a manager and a leader. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Straight up. A, A big difference. Oh yeah. So. I love, I can't remember where I found it. Maybe I can dig it up somewhere. But I remember seeing that sort of, you know, kind of as a parable. And it showed a manager, it showed a mm-hmm. chariot. Mm-hmm. Can you picture this? Oh, yeah. yeah I, I saw it this, just the other day. I don't know where this is from. Yeah. But the manager is sort of not doing any work. He's sitting on top. of. They're the, sitting on top of the chariot and is just pointing to the people and saying, yeah. move, move this. You know, yeah, move get it, it going. Get it going. Whereas the leader is at the front yeah, of it. front. The leaders out in front and helping to pull yeah. and, and and saying everyone follow me yeah. and I'll lead by example and show you what I'll do. That is the best way to be a leader and to be someone that people will follow because mm-hmm. people are followers naturally mm-hmm. and there's just some among us that are leaders and then I, I think like the way I try to do is if I ask you to do something it's not because I can't do it and I want you to know that through my actions that I, the reason why I'm asking you is I'm doing 10 other things mm-hmm. that doesn't allow me to be able to do that and mm-hmm. so I'm asking you you know as someone that we're working together trying to accomplish a, a task right let's do this 
can you do, can you pick up the slack over here? Uh-huh. If not, let's shift. And can you take one of these other things and I'll take this? What do you want to do? Right. Um, yeah, I think there's huge difference. And, and I, I've seen it multiple times. I'm experiencing it now where mm-hmm. people that do not have leadership skills are in leadership positions mm-hmm. and that is frustrating. Oh yeah. So that's all I'm going to say on that. Well, yeah, you don't need to elaborate more there. Um, on, in terms of, I was going to say too, with leaders, it's kind of interesting because I think even you could say that you could stand by your idea that everyone's a follower. Cause I think even good leaders are oh, yeah. followers of the lead of other good leaders. Oh yeah. A good leader is humble enough to figure out how he or she can continually become a better leader. Well, and how they can help the group in general. Oh, sure. Right. But which means, you know, having a mentor, even if you are a leader. Yeah. um, Reading or exemplifying or or, or trying to, you know, follow in someone else's footsteps. Right. Even a good leader can be a follower and follow other good leaders. Totally. You couldn't even say, I mean... How could you even say who the best leader on the planet is? It's probably impossible to quantify right. or say what well, that is. Well, and what, what, what circumstances? There's so many different elements yeah. where some leaders that excel in some areas would not excel sure. in others. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, there's there's certain principles that are that overlay. and Well, and you have to remember, too, I mean, there are some people who can transcend certain industries or groups. Mm-hmm. But you also see people who are great leaders in business struggle as politicians. Yeah. Or great politicians struggle as business owners or leaders, right? Right. It doesn't always translate. Right. Sometimes you're really so that's you got to kind of find your strength too, and see, um, and see what's going on there. Yeah. Well, and and so to to narrow back in the scope of how it relates to a leadership in a in a group or a, a work setting, I think being the you know not saying hey this is what we're gonna do let's go. I mean, one example we were in the, the when I was in my master's program, we we came together as a group, and m- my style is is I don't like you. We, I don't just come out the door like here. This is what we're gonna do. Mm-hmm. I sit and listen and have everybody in there starts talking. You know, we start they because somebody's always gonna come out as the natural person that's gonna take the lead position. Mm-hmm. That's very type A personality. Like, hey guys, sure. I know what to do. Let's let's do this. And I'll listen to that, and if it's a good idea and I don't see any flaws in it and I hear pretty much consensus, I'll let it go and just go along with it and do what I can to help support. But if it's not going in the right direction, I, I will do things, plant seeds of, you know, well, what about this, and, and try to redirect in the direction that mm-hmm. will accomplish the goal or task that we're trying to complete. So I think being able to assess the situation if a leader's not needed mm-hmm. to sit and follow and if a leader is needed to to speak up and and yeah. provide suggestions in a way that gets the the type A personality guy to to follow along and go the right direction. Right. I've always tried to make sure that people also feel like they have they have buy-in, you know, yeah. and they were part of the solution. So I, I like to ask questions. In yeah. fact, I, I would say you could probably ask anybody who works with me. I probably start every meeting with a round of questions. Yeah. That just says why are we in this room right now? What are we trying to accomplish by the time we get out? Here's an overview of the problem. Go. What do you think we should do? Yeah. And and I, you always have somebody that's always speaks up first, probably. Well, yeah, but the cool thing is that really the, the team takes turns. You yeah. Know, you can tell that people have come to the meeting with a thought about what's being discussed. Right. 
which is another thing I try to do. I try not to blindside people with conversations. I try to give enough context from the meeting invite or whatever that people are like, oh, okay, I know what we're getting into here and I know right. how I feel about it. Right. Um, but, you know, there's no perfect solution. But well, I know, and some prep time. I know that, yeah. But I know that people, you know, there's that one principle from that Five Dysfunctions of a Team yeah. book um, by Patrick Lencioni. It's a great book. And one of the principles is that people get, he just calls it buy-in, mm-hmm. right? Which is... You and I fundamentally disagree on what to do, mm-hmm. but I hear out yours and you hear out mine mm-hmm. and I get outvoted. We go with what you want, but I have been bought. I've, I've bought in. Yeah. I said what I wanted to say. Right. I also acknowledge that if the group would listen to me and let me share my voice, that whatever was agreed upon by the group, I would buy into. You, and yeah, you stand behind it and you're yeah. willing to put all the effort necessary to accomplish that task that book's great because it talks about too how far back that goes Mm -hmm. because it goes to trust first oh yeah trust is this first layer because if i don't trust you yep i'm not going to provide opinion i'm not going to give you my opinion yeah so we have to have trust and then we have to have this transparency layer and we have to do all these things and then we get in the arena together and we both talk and one of us wins and one of us loses is one way to look at it one of us gets what we want one of us maybe doesn't um but but you have buy-in. I think that's a cool thing. Totally. Because you can be okay with a lot of things. Yeah. Just because you have an opinion doesn't, you know, people are smart. So that we rarely make decisions that are just catastrophic um, for the for like a business. Yeah. People are very smart and people make pretty much good decisions. But if your influence allows it to say, everything you're saying is great. My only thought is, I think we should do it just a little bit more yeah, like let's this. tweak it. Right? Yeah. People kind of, People know what to do. Yeah. People are smart. So Yeah. Totally. Let's throw out number two. Let's throw out item number two here. Yeah, we, I'm bored. We did bored. That's, yeah. And Darren's extremely bored. Yeah, you can hear me playing with Velcro. He's, he's wearing a pair of bored shorts as right we now. speak. I do have my shirt on, though. You did, for once. Yeah. Trust. What? No. Dude. Trust. There is a Trust quote me. Uh, by... Well, a little story parable by Zig Ziglar where he he talks about fire, wind, uh, no, water and wind, water and fire and trust. Mm -hmm. And and I'm going to totally butcher this, but essentially the the gist of the story, and and maybe I'll research it and come and tell it on another one, but it was the water or the, the fire says wherever there's fire, there's smoke. So look for the smoke and that's how you'll find me. Mm. And the water says, or the wind says, well, wherever I am, the trees are moving. There's things. You look for me there and find me. And trust says, you better stay, you you know, you better keep your eye on me because as soon as I'm gone, I'm gone. Uh-huh. And uh, just kind of an interesting where, but it, it's a better, he tells it way better. And I wish I would have not totally just... <laughs> botched that but anyway it's i mean it's a good concept trust is is a funny thing mm-hmm. and how i feel like people trust me a lot more than they probably should really just 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 i'm shocked at the people like information people will tell me uh-huh. and i'm just like oh, okay like i'm glad yeah. you, like i had a i had a, a friend that a friend and co-worker once that he told me some information and I was just like, dude, like, I I, I, I get you trust me and you're willing to tell me this information. Mm-hmm. 
but I just, I guess there's a confidence and I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what it is, yeah. but trust is interesting. Trust is interesting. Um, it, it's hard to put into, I, I don't think trust means just trust. I think when you're saying trust, you're unpacking some other elements. For instance, for me to trust you, I have to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. right? Because typically I'm going to either let you do something that I was going to do instead, or mm-hmm. I was protective over and I'm trusting you to do it, or I'm trusting you with information. Mm-hmm. And so there's an element of vulnerability there probably that's just like, okay, I'm letting go and I'm trusting yeah. you. Um, and But then also in terms of trust, in terms of being trusted with information, that's like a very high, um, it's like a high bar. It's a high expectation. Yeah. You know, well, to it goes feel, back to it's your, like a burden. In well, a way. and it goes back to your earlier thing about talking mm-hmm. is making sure you keep your mouth shut when two sure. pe- people do instill that trust and yeah. that you don't say something that you'll regret. Right. So, Oh, I, yeah, for sure. I mean, um, it's an interesting thing. I think you're trying to earn it. Mm-hmm. You're trying not to um, lose it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in some ways, trust is like currency or something. Yeah. Trust is like part of the universe's tracking of keeping score or something about you know how much you can be trusted. Do you ever, have you ever experienced or um, just like when you first meet someone, you know, we've, we've talked about that, that book by, uh, it's Blink by Malcolm Gladware. Gladware. Gladwell. Um, did you ever have those experiences where you just instantly know whether or not you can trust somebody? Yes. I, I do too. And it's, it's interesting where it's just like, no, that guy's a weasel. I will, I won't tell him <laughs> anything or yeah, I, I trust this guy. Mm-hmm. Isn't that, isn't that interesting that we can sense those type of things it is interesting um it's that idea malcolm as as he puts it is the idea is that you can make decisions um subconsciously based on information you've collected your whole life right based on your environment based on interactions you've had based on relationships you've had so in some ways it is just a gut feeling but in other ways it's like okay i've seen people behave this way before who turned out to be not trustworthy people right so because I'm seeing this same little um, sliver of Something. behavior, right. it's, it's, it's sort of um, triggering me mm-hmm. to, think, to think back to an experience where I experienced someone who wasn't trustworthy. Right. And so your actions and your, your subconscious is always working on what you have collected throughout your life. Right. You know, like your core raw brain power plus experiences plus how tuned in you are to listen to that. Yeah. And and that's kind of what helps you form those feelings. But yes, the answer is yes. And sometimes I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why I will feel a certain way. Yeah. Gut feeling of like, um, yeah. I've actually, um, this is, a, I guess, kind of a vulnerable thing for me to say about myself. I think there's been many times in my life where I've been um, far too, uh, you know, dismissive. Mm. of a person at the beginning because I just couldn't see myself being friends with them or I couldn't mm. see them being a very meaningful part of my life. Sure. And I've always sort of had this attitude that, you know, I only have so much time and I only have so much energy. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm really only going to entertain the people in that life um, that I really feel like add a lot of value to my life. Sure. And so I've been a little bit dismissive. I wanted to read you this. It's not long. It's a quote from that book, A Gentleman in Moscow, that I just oh, read. Oh, yeah, yeah, But it's about first impressions of people, and I'd like to know your thoughts on this. Okay. So it reads, uh, uh, By their very nature, human beings are so capricious, so complex, so delightfully contradictory that they deserve not only our consideration but our reconsideration and our unwavering determination to withhold our opinion until we have engaged with them in every possible setting at every possible hour. Hmm. The idea I've, being that until you have, like, your first impression is based off a person at a moment and a place and time. Yeah. Um, this person's pissed off because they got a flat tire. Right. They're running late to a meeting. They just right. had a fight on the phone with their wife. Right. Okay. Well, he, this person comes off to you then as a real turd. Yeah. But the idea is, unless you've spent time with that person in a lot of different settings, at a yeah. lot of different times, in a lot of good and bad, this is saying you should withhold your judgment. Yeah. I. It's an interesting statement, it right? is. It's an interesting thought because I think there, I think I've had a couple do-overs. Yeah. Where, you know, I'd had a first impression or a first judgment of somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, few years later, circled back, interacted with them and go like, oh, they're not, they're different. Mm-hmm. I can, and you can get along with them and it's, it's a really great experience and you're kind of like, and then you kind of second guess like, well, why, why did I jump to that conclusion before and why am I okay now? And, and yeah, that's, that's an interesting thought. Cause you, we don't know, right? People could be experiencing things yeah. that cause them to come off, you know, like all the salesmen that come to my house and experience me when I'm being a jerk. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they don't know, I guess I just should stop being jerks to the salesman is what my wife keeps telling well you know just th- that you're always dealing with someone in a certain setting right. or a certain time of day right. or your mood will be different one time their mood will be different one right. time there's no constant there's no there's no ideal way to meet a person and is kind of the way to think about it and that if you really just said i'm i'm gonna really try not to ever write a person off from moment one yeah um i, I well there's a see that one's a hard one though because like if I really genuinely get a feel, sure, that someone is not trustworthy, yeah, I'd, I'd just they well, you got to go with it. Oh yeah, you got to protect yourself. Which, you got to go with what you think. But to that point, I'm not like I'm only rude to salespeople, <laughs> which I shouldn't be. Like <laughs> yeah. pest control and right. solar. I mean, those are good things. I I have a pest control company that comes to my house. One came today. Yeah, they sprayed for bugs. I like it. Yeah. Um, but for some reason, like. I just think that there is, you can be, you can recognize it, still treat them like a human mm-hmm. and uh, move on. Yeah. But but to that point too, I always find myself like always wanting to talk to people, to hear people's story. Yeah. Like just because we're all, we all come from weird, different situations oh, yeah. and it's fascinating. Well, here's an example. Let's say you're at a, you're at like a, a party, mm-hmm. right? There's a bunch of couples at someone's house, mm-hmm. a party. And let's say one of the couples you've never met before, and let's just say one of them is just being just loud and sort mm-hmm. of obnoxious. Mm-hmm. And in this first group setting where they don't know everybody, 
they're just sort of doing this thing where they're that's being their coping very loud right. and like trying to establish themselves right now it's funny or whatever. one at that party could say boy this this guy yeah this dude is annoying yeah but this dude must might just have his armor up because this is how he's like trying to figure out how to meet people yes and then later you have lunch with that guy and he's like well this guy's cool yeah right totally i so, can think of two stories right now I won't share them because I'll be in trouble. Oh, there's a lot life. of there's a lot of things oh, that, yeah. that I can think of directly. There's people I'm envisioning right now. Oh yeah. Who have given me one impression at the beginning and people that I, I like more now than I did when I first met them. You're gonna have to tell me that. It's probably me. I'm just kidding. It's definitely you. <laughs> it's totally, totally Um me. you know, because when you and, and and I will say, not to belabor this this one quote or this one idea, but I will say that I like the idea of the um every hour um, what is it? Every place, every hour, right? And of course, we're never going to spend every hour with a person, right? But if you just put that in your head, maybe it makes you approach it just a tiny bit different. Well, I think it does because even even the experiences we have with our wives, I mean, mm-hmm. we spend a lot of time with our wives, right? Sure. I mean, we do every day, day to day. If you follow especially over what, the last couple of months, <laughs> right? Especially, yeah. So if you follow what that saying, even then, we still don't know. Yeah. Like we don't know the experiences they had as a child. Right. And I think that could help us to not be so quick to be upset, to be so, yeah. you know, in a situation that condemns them. Or, you know, I think vice versa, though. If, like if, if you have the ability to empathize or to just take a step back mm-hmm. and really be aware of the situation and yeah. just be like, does this really matter? Right. Um, I was I was talking to a friend the other day. And uh, one of the things he was, he, you know, him, him and his wife were, you know, fighting like all couples do. And uh, I actually had a piece of information told me when I was uh, younger, before I got married, that when you're having a fight with your wife, think about if they were to die tomorrow, would this matter? Hmm. And would you, on their deathbed the next day, would you stand with your... You know, you're pulling the your stake in the ground saying, nope, this is how it is. This is, you mm-hmm. know, I'm sticking to that. No, you're not going to care. Right. And I think having that in your mind and be able to think to that and really be able to think to it. Because yeah. some in the moment, the heat of it, you may be just that pissed off that you're like, no, yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah. But if you really thought about it and they were really to die, would you? Mm-hmm. So I, I've tried to incorporate that into yeah. situations where I'm pretty, when I get no, upset. That's, that's interesting. So. I've thought about that at least with my wife of there are certain hours of certain days that we've like never spent together. Mm. You know, this idea mm-hmm. that like I don't think my wife and I have ever just hung out together between 2 and 3 p.m. on a Wednesday. Yeah. Right? Because ever. for our entire adult life we were uh, one of us was working or we were both working or yeah. then later I was working. And she's doing something between two and three in the afternoon on a Wednesday. And there's just never a context where her and I are together yeah. at two o'clock on a Wednesday. Right. So I don't know what she's like at two o'clock on a Wednesday. Yeah. She doesn't know what I'm like at two o'clock on a Wednesday. Right. right? And also just different things too. Like I don't observe her, her exact daily grind at two o'clock on a Wednesday. And she doesn't see me in my office. Yeah. At two o'clock on a Wednesday, so we both have this like idea in our like, head yeah, of what the other person is doing, of what it is, yeah. But we don't actually know exactly what the other person is right. dealing with, right? That's that's a trust thing yeah. within a relationship. You have this pattern where it's like, 
we're all guilty of this, right? Where it's like, who's more tired? Right. Who, who was up the latest? Who yeah. was up the earliest? Right. Whose job that particular day was more taxing? Who's who's got a busier workload? Whatever, right? Yeah. And I don't want to. I don't want to pop open the can on any of this, <laughs> right? <laughs> because this is just not something we want to go into, and I don't no. want to. I, I frankly, I don't have a stance. What I I'm just, saying is that everybody has experienced this this moment with your spouse of, well, I'm tired, but I'm more tired, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, but you you just you can only feel what you can feel. Right. So in your own reality, you went through your day yeah, and, and you, you are tired. Yeah. And the your other perception, the other person says, well, the way I perceive my life today too, is that I'm pretty tired. Yeah. And, and this is where we get in trouble when we're not um, delicate enough with each other to be um, kind about that. Or just like taking a, st- a second to stop and consider like, oh yeah, they are right. They yeah. could be t- more tired than me. Their back could hurt more <laughs> sure. than me or. Yeah. But in, in, in the context of it, it's like what I'm being asked to do or what I should be doing, is it really that big of a deal that I can't just put forth a little more effort? To, yeah, uh, in the case of, I mean, you and I are in the same situation, right? We're on a typical day. We work outside the home. Yeah. And then we come home and we discover, you, you sort of <laughs> take it all in of, whether or not it's been a good day or a tough day yeah. at home, you can feel that vibe usually when you oh, get yeah. home. And um, you and I are constantly in a position where we can make decisions. The decision to be made is, um, are you, I, I, are you, what, what amount of effort are you going to put forth? <laughs> right? What role are you going to play? Are you going right. to, are you going to play the the role of the child or the role of a right. parent? <laughs> are you just going to come home and jump in? Are yeah. you going to come home and? And, and be be the problem. And yeah, or are you gonna tap tap out and say, you know, look, I've had too long of a day. I'm just gonna go. I gotta go chill. Or yeah. and everybody needs that's balance, right? Everybody totally. needs everybody needs different things at different times, and relaxation looks different for everybody, and, mm-hmm. and everybody's needs are different. But anyway, I guess the moral of the story is like just just trust trust each other, right? Yeah. And 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 if if your if your wife or your husband says to you, look. Trust me, I am. I'm struggling with something, or I'm tired, or I just right. need a minute. Just say, okay, look, I trust you. You're my partner, and if that's what you need, that's what you need. Yeah, I'll do what I can to help. Yeah, yeah, I trust that that's that's right. I trust that you trust that that's right. In God, we trust. In like God, on the we money. trust. I got to tell you about a funny. We're both dads, so there's dad jokes. Oh yeah, and I got to tell you about a couple of inspiration from my own dad some dad jokes i inadvertently um (laughs) used one of his old it like slipped out of my mouth uh one of his old jokes we were getting on a company uh call this morning you know a google hangout call yeah and uh, the whole company we were waiting for everybody to get on and in my mind i thought of my dad's old joke which was (laughs) everybody would get in the car yeah and my dad would say raise your hand if you're not here (laughs) yeah and we would all, oh, dad, you're so funny. You're We'd all laugh funny. at that. So I found myself saying that on the call today, <laughs> just out of like, I mean, I'm a dad. I heard my yeah. dad say that a thousand times. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know. I kind of chuckled to myself about that surfacing. Did you say it? Yeah, I did. did I it, said it on the call. Did everybody laugh? Well, I. it was or funny was it because I was, it was starting to come out of my mouth and I said it and then I immediately was like, oh, that was weird. That was a dad joke or whatever. And everybody was kind of like, oh, ha, ha, ha. So I couldn't tell if it was like, really funny or if they were yeah. kind of like this guy's lame yeah you know 
but it's all good. It's funny. It was a funny, funny little thing. I think it showed that you're real. Going back to our other point, I mean, you're gonna you tell jokes, you say things like yeah, that's who you are, and I think that's I think that's what's important. Well, Being who you are, yeah, in every situation. Well, showing your humanity. Sometimes we try to keep our cards close to our vest and yeah. say like. I'm not human and here's why. Here's yeah. how here's how I can keep it all together and prove that things that affect humans don't affect me. <laughs> yeah. Which is a lie and goes back to that point. It's absolutely like, a lie. Yeah. And in fact, people would argue that you're doing long term damage to yourself. Oh yeah. To your own mental well, health. And relationships. To your own self esteem. Yeah. Because when the whole thing comes crumbling down and you realize you weren't perfect, the longer you harbor the fact that you're not a human and you try to protect it, the harder it is to sort of put it all back together when it breaks oh totally so that's kind of a heavy thought maybe but i like that well um it's good to be back in the saddle yeah it's good to be back doing we're this. gonna be saddle sore saddle sore. <laughs> you know how you go for a bike ride and you haven't rode a bike in a long right. time right and you're a little sore when was the last time you rode a bike i was just gonna say i it's how old been, were you Probably about the same time I went cross-country skiing, to be honest really? with you. Yeah. 15 was the last time you maybe, rode a bike? Maybe. Dude, I need to let you... My, my bike would probably work. You Probably. probably. It just kind of started big... to become... You know, it's funny. I There are things that feel like I'm prohibited from doing yeah. because of my height and things that I just didn't put any effort into because I assumed they would be inconvenient yeah. because of my height. And so that was just one of those things where it's like, yeah, you know what? I guess I just won't ride a bike or whatever. But um, I'm yeah, I, I know there are bikes that would work. Yeah. I just have never th- worked that hard to try, you know? Yeah, my bike looks a little big on me, and it'd probably be like a normal-sized <laughs> or even a little small. It'd probably be a little small. I've we- seen there's a brand on Instagram that they uh, they make bikes like four seven-footers. Like they oh. made Shack a bike and nice. they made Mark Eaton bikes and stuff nice. like that. Um, but oh, speaking of basketball, did we say that uh, legendary Jerry Sloan, the Utah Jazz? Jerry Sloan died. Coach, he died today. Jerry Sloan's been a, a part of. I mean, geez, he was a huge part years. of a huge part of my childhood. Oh yeah, all yeah. I, I, mean, I watched jazz games every game with my yeah. mom. We watched the games. Saw Jerry Sloan. I'm wearing my Utah Jazz hat right now. We used to always laugh because, you know, Jerry Sloan was he was a profane <laughs> man. Oh yeah. And you could often, you know, on, on the old K Jazz oh, yeah. broadcast, yeah. which actually weren't that good of broadcasts, no. No. the mic would constantly pick up his profanity. Oh yeah, and even if you couldn't hear it, his mouth was so exaggerated. Oh yeah, I remember. I remember exactly. as a kid, like my mom would be like, "Oh, don't look at him. He's, you know, he's he's, he's saying a swear, saying swears, or you know, I don't know." Yeah. Um, but trying to like um, monitor that, but he was a. Uh, you know, I always got a sense that Jerry Sloan was just a good guy. Oh, yeah. Just a great, like, salt of the earth kind of guy. To me, he was like a farm farmer. Like oh, yeah. A, well, that's where he's from. He, he grew up. In fact, today, on my lunch break, I watched a little video about him. Yeah. And he was uh, one of 10 children Yeah. Uh, that grew up in Indiana on a farm. Yeah. I believe and, it. He's straight up farm boy. And his dad wasn't around. Hmm. And... Um, he said, had his dad been around, he would never have played basketball. Wow. Because his dad would have just made him work. Yeah. But he said his mom. Which I'm surprised because 
without his dad around, what I mean, he would need to work to help provide for the family, right? Yeah, I don't know. But was, I guess when you have an 10 interesting kids, thought because he said of his mom, like my mom wanted me to try to play, so she pushed me to play. Yeah, and, and from he, what I hear, he was a good ball player. He was a great basketball player. Yeah. In fact, a lot of people say that he's in the NBA, he's in the Basketball Hall of Fame as much for his playing days as, as his, his coaching. coaching. That's too bad player. that he never got any championships. Man, to play for that, to play and coach for that long. Yeah, to not get that, that's one of those things. It's he, like, they only made it to the finals twice. Yeah. Right? I mean, you're talking about, this is a long career. But the playoffs every, like, not every time, but a lot of times. You know what's so interesting? By contrast, we've mm. been watching... The, the last dance, the last dance with Michael yeah. Jordan, but looking at um, Phil Jackson, yeah. So Phil Jackson has won thirteen rings. Yeah, he won two as a player, six with the Bulls, yeah, and uh, five more with the Lakers. Yeah, like he's easily like the most one of the most decorated, decorated. Oh, yeah. people in the history of professional sports, not just basketball. Mm-hmm. In terms of the number of championships, the number of wins, mm. the winning percentage, I mean. And it was interesting to look at the last dance because um, when I was a kid and the Jazz played the Bulls, the Bulls were just the enemy. And, mm-hmm. and Phil Jackson was the leader of the Bulls who were the enemy. So I assumed Phil Jackson was, you know, the devil or something. Yeah. I don't know. We just hated him because we hated the Bulls. Oh, totally. <laughs> but it was funny going back through the last dance because in his interviews and then like the cuts that he did yeah. of like doing yoga with the team and he actually, he's he seems like a very like spiritual person. Yeah. And like, a very like down-to-earth kind of guy that builds relationships with the yeah. I, I guarantee he he knows how to build trust. Well, geez. Obviously. Well, right? think about where we're at in life now, right? Yeah. As kids, we just thought he was this jerk who coached the Bulls. Oh, yeah. And now you see that, well, no one has won 13 championships by, like, mistake. Yeah. And did he get dealt some good players? Yes. Oh, yeah. But I... I refuse to believe that that coaching he didn't is, have techniques. He didn't have a huge oh. part in that. Oh, dude. Even down to, you know, because it's so funny. You get a little older and you spend some time in business and you see this, that business strategies are great, but Execution. working with people right. and leading and coaching and, and discussing, you, right. that's a huge part of it. Right. So Phil Jackson in practice every day, his mindfulness and his leadership and his ability to talk to and coach his players, that had to be a huge part of this. Oh, totally. And, and you it, can't it is manu- in every You can't every manufacture team. that. The no. dude won 11 NBA championships as a coach. So does that, but to that point then, does that say that Jerry, like Jerry Sloan or other coaches don't have that ability to bring together the talent? Well, that's a good counter argument, right? Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. It's a good thought. Which is potential, right? They're, it is potential. I mean, look, I mean, there's some guys who get to be the CEO of Disney because they're just standout. And yeah. there's other guys who get to be the CEO of a smaller company than Disney, but still a good company. Right. So, yeah, Jerry Sloan. I mean, there's only 30 NBA teams. Only 30 guys get to try this job right. at any given time. So he's still among the elite. Right. But maybe Phil Jackson was just that much better. Yeah. The reality is Michael Jordan was that much better than other players. Right. Did you see that that video that Carmelo in 2019 did? The interview he had, the guy asked him, "What what comes to mind when you say Michael Jordan?" And he's like, "Michael Jordan." <laughs> and he's like, "What is it? He he, he is who he was. Like, yeah. he's a good yeah. ball player." And then he's like, "From my perspective now, being older, I was a good player too. Like, yeah, 
Yeah. You know, so it was kind of interesting his little his response. But well, yeah, it, and well, and you see all those teasers saying like Pippin's so pissed off at Jordan and yeah, livid about how he's portrayed in the Last Dance. And yeah, I don't know if I buy it, but uh, it's possible. Who cares? What yeah. I did learn about Jordan is whether he was, I mean, he was brash. You know, he was tough on people. Yeah, but. That same thing. Jor- Jordan people. never he never asked a person to do something that he wouldn't wasn't willing, he wasn't to, willing do to do himself. That he was he a straight up li- everyone. The, right. And to that point, I think he has the ability he, he just his leadership style was different, but he was mm-hmm. still a leader. And he wanted everybody to be better. Well, to and, be the and to rise to the potential that they had. And I was actually a little bit annoyed about how people were whining. Yeah, and also <laughs> that that they brought Jordan's like his gambling and stuff back oh, up. Oh yeah, because to me, I don't, I don't care. I mean, we got professional athletes beating their girlfriends in elevators, right? right. And if Michael Jordan's thing was going to the casino and blowing some money, spending money that he had to lose, right? I, I mean, geez, really? Yeah, back off. This dude out on the golf course gambling, <laughs> I, like, who cares? Yeah. If it's you can, if you can actually say that that distracted Michael. Over the course of his career enough, well, you're just lying because it didn't. Right. He has those If he was that distracted, he wouldn't have won six championships. Right. He wouldn't have been consistently the best player year in and year out. Right. And just so dominant no matter what, no matter yeah. who he played. Yeah. So it's just BS. They want yeah. a scandal. Everybody always wants a scandal. Right. Michael Jordan is so squeaky clean compared yeah. to other athletes oh yeah it's ridiculous yeah. they were trying hard to have something oh, yeah. to put something on to him. come up something to be able to talk about and look everybody's got their you know things they're not proud of and everybody's done things that that aren't great but whatever i mean you yeah. can't argue with the fact that he he worked harder than everybody and he got what yeah what he, he deserved hard. right he worked yeah i love it it was a good show i really, really enjoyed good. Watching. I loved the way they did the timeline and oh yeah, jumped slid around it back and, and forth. Oh yeah, and highlighted each of the uh, like and Jerry kind of supporting dude. cast. I'm know. like in between on Jerry, uh, that the the, the general uh, manager. General manager. Yeah, because I'm like, well, he brought the people together. He's had the ability to do that, but then at the same time, like, why be a little bee like that? And you know, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Wow, is this is did this turn into a? A sports podcast. Yeah, it's a sports podcast. Uh, welcome to the sports podcast with uh, Darren and Jordan. I did like. Um, I I think the last two episodes it portrayed Jordan uh, Stockton and Malone really well though. I like, agree with that. I didn't know that Stockton actually was in the. It was good to see him because he, some comment he'd made a puff piece or whatever. He that's why he kept calling yeah. it the puff piece by Jordan. Well, there, there's that clip of they've just lost a key game in the finals, yeah. and and Stockton and Malone are waiting outside the locker room, yeah, just to shake Michael's hand yeah. before they all go. Right. So they're well, in their then, they're in then, their street and then clothes. That time, yeah. Carl Malone gets on the bus. Yeah, goes, he goes back over to him, and hugs him, and hugs him, and all that. Like it's pretty classy. That's straight up classy. That's classy. You, you just got beat. You don't have to do that. Second year in a row. Yeah, and you don't have to do that. No. You can shake hands on the court and no. call it. Like, yeah, and be done. The fact that he makes a special effort. Right. I was really happy to see that. Yeah. To see the effort that they made. Right. Well, and I thought it was funny. Jordan's kids um, and and their mom not letting them go come to Salt Lake. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. they hated us just as bad, you know. 
Well, Carl Malone was my entire world as a kid. Oh, dude. It was all I thought about. Did I tell that story on here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. About yeah, meeting Carl Malone. Carl Malone, and he, he, when they, because of tax, they, the, one of his people didn't give me a little mini basketball. But then he was like, you get back there and tell him I told you to give it. Yeah. Whatever. That was cool. You know, Carmel, he's, a, I'm sure there's, I'm sure he's got issues like everybody else, but he's, he's been a, a very, you know, sort of beloved oh, yeah. sports figure. Maybe the most humble, the most humble Hall of Famer, maybe of all time. He's, he's great. Just in terms of his ability to handle, he's still second all time scoring. Yeah. Still. Still no one's beat him. Yeah. Jordan never passed him. LeBron hasn't passed him. Yeah. I mean, how many more years does LeBron realistically have? Can he pass Malone? He's, maybe. He's playing the best games yeah, that he's maybe. Well, and that's to that point, I loved what Jordan said at the end. He said it's maddening to have quit when I did. Oh, yeah. He's like, I was in the peak and, you know. Yeah. Like, what more could he have done? I don't know. So, which a man like that with the, the compassion, the, you know, the, the compassion, the passion. The passion, yeah. To... Uh, to go for, I don't know. Well, it's with, cool. With Carl too, you know, it's like you see him, you see him just be such a high performer mm-hmm. for so many years and so consistent. Right. I mean, really cool. Yeah. He really anchored that Stuck for a long, long time. And that's my whole childhood, man. It's just, oh, yeah. I just get so happy when I think about those guys. Yeah. Watching the games. That was so fun. Well, and it, it formed what I, it taught me about sportsmanship. Yeah. You know, watching those guys was a good influence on me because they were classy. They were tough. They were tough. Oh, they were tough as nails. Jeez, like the the whole Rodman and, and Malone running into each other. Oh, yeah. And then after, they, they smack each other on the butt. Each other you know, on the butt. It's just, you know. I'm sure they were upset. Oh, yeah. You know, but. I mean, heat of the moment. You're, you're, you're full you're on. Mad. You're high gear, man. Yeah, M- Malone and Stockton, they, you know, the whole jazz team, they taught they taught me how to, you know, Stockton, a lot of people accuse Stockton of being a dirty player. You really? Because he was, yeah, just because he was so aggressive and so, such a slasher and a reacher and, you know, because of his, it was more that he was a pest. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. he was just all up in your grill all oh, the yeah. time. Constantly. And Malone was this big sort of brutish yeah. body well, that you couldn't he move. He worked in the off season. He would work, 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 yeah. work, and then during the season it was like rest time yeah. for him. He'd work so hard during just the, a mountain of a man. Oh, yeah. You look at this guy, you're like, how Grizzly is it, Adams, how can a person man. be built like this? Yeah, yeah, I could go on and on. I mean, those guys were just Maybe the we highlight should. of my childhood. I mean, this is it. Jerry Sloan died today. He was a, and and it, that's what I loved. Uh, I saw the other day that Carmelone posted something or something. He said, "Hey, you know." Jerry's not doing good. Oh, that was cool. Did you see what yeah. that was on? The context of that? So I just... There I was just, like 20 Hall of Fame players on uh, a Zoom call. Oh, wow. Like just re- reminiscing and reconnecting. Wow. It was Shaq and Dominique Wilkins and Patrick Ewing and David Robinson and John wow. Stockton and Carl Malone, Charles Barkley, all these wow. guys on this Zoom call just hanging out. Yeah. And at the end of that call, that's where that came from. Is where he said... Yeah, yeah Carl said, hey, look... It was an honor to play with all you guys. You guys made me great. And please pray for Coach yeah. Sloan. He's not doing great. So that's where that quote that's came cool. from. But it was really cool, actually, like watching that. I was yeah. so happy, yeah. you know, because it's just all these Kinda guys giddy. from my childhood, you yeah. know. That was the, you know, when we were playing you know, pickup basketball with friends, 
and yeah. you'd play through a scenario. It was like, okay, this time I get to be Malone and you be Patrick Ewing. You're right. You oh know? yeah, all the time. And this time I'll be David Robinson and you be Malone. And, yeah. And it's like, you know, it was like a fun. We just knew all these guys. Yeah. And it was a huge part of growing up. So. Oh, the one-on-one basketball. I had a buddy that we preschool all the way up. We're still friends to this day, and he he lives close. And we played. I was always over at his house. His house was my second home. Yeah. And, yeah, we would play basketball all the time. And we would get in fights. We'd yell at each other. And it was, dude, some good times, man. Yeah. Thinking back and doing that whole, I'm this guy. No, I'm him. Yeah. Whatever. Well, we wish wish the best to Coach Sloan's family. Yeah. To all the families out there, people who are struggling or, you know, sickness or change or whatever, you know, hope everybody's uh, holding up. Yeah. We've covered a lot today. We have. A lot of deep topics. Boards, trust. Yeah. We really unpacked some. I'm I'm bored of trust. Some big ones. I'm bored of it. Bored of trust. Different board. Yeah. But. Well, it's good to be back in the saddle. Good to be back doing yeah, this. Yeah, this is number ten. A lot of things, a lot of things related to our topic today, right? We yeah. Talked a lot about people. Yeah. First impressions. That's a form of picking a person's nose, right? Right. It's just kind of like, look, you don't need to, you don't need to get into what you don't understand. Yeah. Give people some pick space. their nose. Yeah. Like, let's be honest about it. And as soon as we can recognize that and be aware that people pick their nose. Yeah. Let them be. Let them do what they're doing. You pick your nose, they'll pick their nose. Yeah. And pick your friends, and they'll pick your friend's nose. You can wipe it wherever you want. Yeah. Or flick it. <laughs> it's not matter how you pick your nose. It's, it's where it's, you put the booger. It could be a roll and a flick. Yeah, roll and flick. <laughs> this is this is uh, transporting back to episode one. Yes, very quickly. Where we got into but some, I love it, you know? some real booger stuff. Yeah. Um, I will say there's been a lot of things happening over the last you know, week or so between you and I, and it'll be, it'll be fun later to, uh, expose some of that, but we're not going to talk about it now. Yeah. we got some projects in the works. I think life has put us both in a position where maybe we're going to start up, start some new projects and and do some new things. And it'll be fun. It'll be really fun. We've got another guy that he's got a podcast, um, going out there. Well, I'll give him a shout out. It's, it's woke. And I can't remember what. Yeah. Our friend, Jason. Jason. Jason, he's got a podcast called Woke. Yeah. It's on Anchor right here where our podcast right. is. And uh, dig that up and he he kind of goes through you know big big kind of life topics. Oh yeah. And and really dissects from all different things. angles. Um it's and good. It's much, really good. Yeah, he's he's a thinker. He likes conversations yeah. and Yeah, give uh, him a listen. Yeah, he's he's good. And Jason, so, if you've listened to this 90-minute podcast, we love you. Yeah, man. You nice uh, work on your podcast. It's good. It's 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 got some good content. Yeah. So anyway, with that, I think uh picking picking nose. I'm gonna pick, pick mine right now. Yeah. You pick yours. Darren, don't pull your finger out of yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Gosh, that's an unsafe <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to put you your know, finger that far up. I don't your nose. think we're supposed to do a lot of things. But you know what? You know what they say? You can pick your friends. And you can pick, you can pick your, your nose. nose, but you can't pick your, your friend's, friend's nose. nose. And that's 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 it. a wrap. That's for ten. That's number ten. That's number we 10. hit our goal. Number ten. Number ten. Ten for ten. 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 Two twenty. Ten. Ten. Two twenty. You remember that commercial? I do remember that? 
All right. All right. Are we over? Is this is this real life? This, this is, is over. Bye. Let's, let's peace out. When it hits you, yes, 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 you shall. When it hits you, yes, 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 you, you holler.